Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Sure, 
Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now accept a gift from your servant. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at the 24th verse. The Apostle Paul writes, Do you not know that when runners compete in the stadium, they all run, but only one receives the prize? Run like that to win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable victor's wreath, but we do it for an imperishable one. That is why there is nothing aimless about the way I run. There is no pummeling of the air in the way I box. Instead, I hit my body hard and make it my slave so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be rejected. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Mark chapter 1, beginning at the 40th verse. A leper came to Jesus. He knelt down and begged him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he told him, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was healed. Then Jesus gave him a stern warning and immediately sent him away. He told him, see that you do not say anything to anyone. Instead, go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices for your cleansing that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But after the man left, he began to proclaim it widely. He spread the word so much that Jesus was no longer able to enter a town openly but stayed outside in deserted places. Yet people kept coming to him from all directions. This is the gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is taken from 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. I open with that last verse. Then he and his whole escort went back to the man of God. He stood in front of Elisha and said, To be sure, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now accept a gift from your servant. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there are, and maybe you've heard this, but there are, basically three kinds of people in a church. There's the everybody's, the somebody's, and the nobody's. So when it comes to Christ's holy command to his believers, his disciples, in saying, go make disciples of all nations and be in my witnesses to the ends of the earth, that command is given to everyone. But everyone is easy to think that, well, somebody will do it. And what ends up happening is nobody does it. So the comments are, be a nobody and serve the Lord. I bring this up because the young girl that we have in our text for this morning is really a nobody. Oh, not nobody in the sense that she's not important. No, but rather, we don't know her name. It's never listed in Scripture, the name of this woman. Oh, she's a slave girl and she's serving the, the wife of her master and lord. 
We know that it was from raiding parties that she was taken from her home and, and now living a new life in a whole different country that is considered to be an, an enemy of Israel. But when it comes to her Lord, we actually know quite a bit more. We actually know his name. So that makes him a somebody. No, oh, it's Naaman is his name. And we know that he was the commander of the army. In fact, he was quite successful in what he did. <laughs> he must have been an extremely wealthy man when you consider all the gold and silver he was willing to take to Israel and even the sets of clothing. When we hear of talents and shekels, we're talking about 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold. And no doubt the 10 sets of clothing had to be the best of the best. We're talking like millions and millions of dollars. And this man was willing to give it all up. Oh, he was a man that was Oh, dearly honored by the people of his own country because he was a very successful commander. But, in fact, the writer to Second Kings doesn't even give him the credit for it. It says the Lord gave him the victories. In fact, he was even very much honored by his master, his king. He had the privilege, we find out later, after our text, that is, that he would actually help his king to go into their temple that was worshiping a false god. But he would have the honor of escorting in his very king. That's not something you give to just anyone. Wealthy, prestige, power, position. And yet, at the end of all that is this. He was a leper. The Hebrew even reads like that. It'll list all the things he did. And at the very end of the sentence is, and he was a leper. He had leprosy. Oh, just like in the New Testament, the word leper can refer to any type of skin disease, usually in the sense of a skin disease that is not curable. But there is severe skin diseases, to the, like even the flesh-eating kind of type of leprosy, which will end up a person's life early. I can't help but wonder, even though we're not told, if that's the kind of leprosy Naaman has. Because of how much wealth, no doubt giving up all his savings, that he's willing to use for a doctor's bill in order to get cured. No one in his land of Aram has cured him at all. And so any hint of something he could do, he's willing to take it. This man's desperate. <clears throat> so one day, this young girl, this slave girl, says to her mistress, I wish my master stood before the prophet who is in Samaria because he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman, as soon as he hears this, he goes and reports it to his king. His king says, go, even gives him a letter to give to the king of Israel. 
because this man is, will do anything and everything. What I find interesting is what this young girl says. In all of scripture, we have only one sentence coming from her mouth. And yet this one sentence clearly speaks volumes. The, third, the first thing to consider concerning what she says to the mistress to tell to Naaman is simply, why? Why would she say such a thing? This is the enemy. We, we, we would, when we ex, expect her to say, I'm glad he's suffering and, and he's made me suffer and he's taken me from my family. He's met his, made his bed and now he can lie in it. Let him suffer and I'm glad and I hope he suffers more. That's not her attitude at all. Her attitude is clearly one of love. And in a nutshell, even love for an enemy, especially an enemy of Israel. And then to say, I wish my master stood before the prophet who is in Samaria because he would cure him of his leprosy. This was not simply saying, Naaman, go and see the doctors in Israel. They got an excellent treatment plan for your leprosy. No. She says, go to the prophet. Go to the man of God. Go to the one who preaches God's word to God's people. Go to the one who's going to tell you who the one true God is. This one true God is, is the God who is one God, and yet he describes himself in three persons. He is triune, this one true God. We know that it was the very Son of God who took on human flesh to pay for our sins and, and pay for them in full. We know that it is the Son of God who conquered death and rose again with the proof that he is God, with the proof that God the Father has accepted the sacrifice of atonement and with the proof that there is life after death, that heaven is our home. This is what she's directing Naaman to go and hear. This wasn't just in medical advice. This was a confession of faith. And Naaman was willing to go. She wasn't, in this one sentence, a great preacher like a Peter, who after preaching on the day of Pentecost, preaching that sermon and and which is recorded in Acts chapter 2. And then, after preaching that sermon, 3,000 were baptized. This isn't, this young slave girl is not like the Apostle Paul who traveled from place to place. Look at all the churches that he had started. Look at all the letters that he wrote. And when you read his letters, this is a man who's clearly a theological scholar. He was no fool. And she certainly wasn't like the brother of our Lord, James, who was considered, as called by the Apostle Paul, the pillar of the church. No, this was just a young slave girl who was more like an Andrew, Peter's brother. When people came to inquire about Jesus, we have at least three recordings of Andrew taking them to go and see Jesus especially even at the time of the feeding of the 5,000. 
those 5,000 families. The Lord has blessed us with many different talents and abilities. We may look at these talents and abilities as some are great and some are not so great. Some are like a Paul and a Peter and a James, and some may be just like an Andrew. And the thing is, we don't all have the same talents. We recognize from God's holy word that all these talents come from God. They are meant to be used, certainly to God's glory, but these talents are even to be used together for they complement one another. Using them together, we use them the way God intended them to be used, not for ill-gotten gain or profit or, or for our own selfish purposes, but we use these talents and abilities, we use them to the glory of God. And in so doing, we give glory to God every time. We proclaim his holy name to the ends of the earth. My friends, be like this slave girl. Look for opportunities. And God blesses you with opportunities. For you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. God makes this all possible. So use those talents. And be a nobody. The young Naaman, once again, when he heard from this slave girl, immediately went to the king, and he did say, go, and gave him a letter. And the letter just simply said, now when you receive this letter, you will know that I am sending my officer Naaman to you so that you can cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read this letter, he was irate or excited or, or disturbed, certainly. Am I God? Can I cure him? Do I have power over life and death? He put all the emphasis on him. He focused on him. Keep in mind that when it comes to the northern kingdom, remember there is the southern and northern kingdom? After Solomon, the kingdom's divided. The southern kingdom of Judah, actually, during its entire reign, half of its kings were faithful to the Lord, the other half was not. In the northern kingdom, not one was faithful to the Lord. It is believed, even though we don't have his name, that this is probably the king, Joram. And Joram was definitely not a believer in the Lord. He probably saw the one true God as one God among many. And, of course, focused on himself above all as God. He tore his clothing. And my God is trying to pick a fight with me. And that's when Elisha, the prophet of the Lord, the man of God, when he heard that he tore his clothing, would ask him why. Send him to me. And he will know there is a prophet in Israel, which is definitely a remark directed towards the king himself. It's time for you to wake up. Naaman went. Naaman. He went to go see Elisha, perhaps excited to be cured, but he definitely went. 
And when he got there, it wasn't as he expected. He was looking for Elisha to come out and tell him all about his God and, and probably maybe wave his hand over. And then he would walk away cleansed. But that's not what happened. Elisha sends his messenger, won't even meet with the man. Tell The messenger simply says, dip yourself seven times in the Jordan and you will be clean. And that's it. Then leaves. Naaman is irate. Oh, is he irate? Oh, to the extreme. Oh, how dare he? He didn't come out and at least wave his hands. He didn't even come out to give me his attention. He tells me to go and dip in this river. We got better rivers in Damascus. Why would he dip in a filthy river like the Jordan? And to be cleansed. And that's when the Lord clearly moved the hearts of his servants. Who told him, if he asked you to do something great. Like give millions of dollars. He would have done it. Or go be a warrior and kill thousands of people. He would have done it. He asked you to do a simple thing. And now you won't do it. He dipped himself seven times. And when he came out, he wasn't just cured. He had the skin of a young boy. You know what this was? Even, what is it? New and improved. This was not a man who got Botox treatment. No, this was a miracle that took place. And the miracle didn't come from Elisha. The miracle came from God himself. And he made that connection. Clearly the Holy Spirit working in his heart to confess there is no God except the God in Israel. This is the one true God. And he came back to give Elisha a gift. And that's where our text ends. By the way, Elisha won't accept the gift. He wants Naaman to understand that what comes from God is free. Apostle Paul did that as he traveled. He was always careful in, in taking money so that people didn't just see him as another philosopher going from town to town and and with his wise words, making money at the expense of the people. No, the gospel message is free. What amazes me is the fact that this miracle that Naaman witnessed is God helping him and saving him and serving him. See, God doesn't use his miracles just to show off that he is God. But he always uses his miracles to help and save. And knowing this always gives us great comfort when it comes to that heart-to-heart -heart talk with God. For in our prayers, we can pray knowing that not only does he hear and answer our prayers, but he does have the almighty power to answer them. And the greatest answer of all prayers has to be the sure hope of the forgiveness of sins and the sure hope of everlasting life in heaven. And the gift that he gave, he was willing to give it all up. But clearly, as a response of what just happened. My dear friends, when it comes to giving offerings, even the use of our time and talents, but even the financial ones, please don't 
Don't fall into Satan's trap and, and think that those offerings get you to earn God's favor. Or, or, or if I give this, if I do this, then God has to help me because now God owes me. No, when we respond, we respond out of love, recognizing his love for us, recognizing he gave his life and rose again and ascended to heaven with the promise that he will return with the holy angels and take us and all believers to the glories of heaven. But until that day, use the talents and abilities and the gifts that God has given you and use them out of love for the one who loved you first. And that means doing it out of love, with a believing heart, a generous heart, and a repentant heart. Be like this slave girl. She is definitely a steward of the faith. But this young slave girl is also like a pebble that is dropped in the water and the ripples go out and out and out. Consider the things you do and don't do now. The things you say or don't say now can have a huge ripple effect even on other people's lives and not just those around you. It may affect those in your family and those that extend from one generation to the next. Be like this slave girl. Use those abilities, those talents, even those financial offerings. Use them to God's glory. Even time itself used to God's glory. Being a nobody. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.